And we'll do an official welcome <laughs> to all of you um, to join our uh, second class of this series. And some of you might even be new um, to this class um, and uh, the whole Pony Cannon class. But I'm just happy to see many of you came back uh, for the second class. So I'll just say a few words to uh, briefly maybe review what we did uh, in the last class and then uh, say a few words about what's coming up uh, in today's session. So last week, uh, we offered a little bit of um, big picture of the uh, Pali Canon world that we uh, entered in, including some history and a little bit of a a structure or the map of the the uh, poly cannon uh, in the three pass uh, three baskets, and we also shared a little bit of um, the process of preservation, transmission, and translations. And then uh, we um, meditated, uh, maybe in a meditative way, kind of received um, some verses from. Teragatta. And so maybe you have a little bit of a taste of um, how it feels to work with the, with, the te- with the text. And then this week, we'll continue on uh, to offer some additional tools for us to navigate the Polycanon text um, in some practical way. So we'll start off by uh, offering a tool, a tour. Uh, around Sutta Central and finding suttas, uh, finding our, our way into suttas. And then I will also talk a little bit about um, Pali as a language and uh, if you have interest to have to work with this. And then we'll share a little bit about uh, how we uh, incorporate uh, the text in our um meditative or contemplative practices uh, to allow it to become part of uh, our path. And so that's what we planned out for today. And um, we want to open it up maybe just to invite people to share some reflections or if you have questions before we dive in. Uh, We have a few minutes for, um, for some interaction here. And please use your um, Zoom hands if possible. And it's a little hard to navigate to the three screens for me here. Um, Yeah, so I see a bell had the hands up, please. Hi, um, first, thanks for doing this. I love this sort of thing. Uh, I've been in Buddhism for a long time because I believe the teachings are very profound and very subtle. There's, and, and the way it's been taught at the places I've gone, um, I see a lot of opportunity to look at how my mind works um, in a very, very fine-grained manner. Um, and I see a lot of um, uh, teachings that, that, um, uh, or maybe counterintuitive. Uh, anyway, I just I, I just love the Dharma the way it's been presented. My question is: To what degree is 
have the teachings, the way it's been presented at IMC and many other places, firmly rooted in the Pali Canon. And to what degree is it maybe in the, does it derive from the Visuddhimagga or to what degree has it been uh, processed or made up by current day teachers? Is the Pali Canon that fine grained in its psychological um, study of how our minds work? What do you think? Mm. Wow, what a, uh, what a beautiful question. I love your contemplation also. I feel like this is a process um, in the world, all around, in finding our relationship with Pali Canon and understand our own stands and our own roots and our own relationships. And maybe uh, different centers have different relationships with this. Um, and it's still a discovery uh, process. And so I wanted to maybe open up to uh, our, my uh, dear co-teachers to say some words uh, about this as well. And for me, I know uh, personally, when I um, practiced, practiced uh, for a while in a, a Burmese meditation center, the meditative practice is firmly rooted in the uh, commentaries. But uh, the teachings also goes back to suttas um, quite deeply and so I uh, feel maybe in certain um, strength or streams of um, um, Buddhist uh, communities or schools may have various relationships they have uh, with Pali Canon and the commentaries. Maybe I'll, I'll just say a word. Um, I would say at IMC, if I wanted to make a global generalized statement, I would say it's rooted in the Pali Canon, not so much the commentaries. And of course, right, we're 21st century Westerners living in California. Um, so it kind of it's through that interpretive lens, but definitely an emphasis on the Pali Canon is what I would say if I to generalize. I might add that um, I don't just just in addition to what's been said while you were speaking, um, I felt like the Buddha had almost anticipated this. So in the Pali Canon, there's a sutta that says there are two ways to misrepresent the Tathagata. One is by offering an interpretation of a teaching that is meant to be understood directly. And the other is by um, not interpreting or what a teaching that needs to be interpreted uh, teaching it directly. So there's a sense that some teachings are just meant to be as they are. Others will all inherently require some interpretation, which to me means brought into the culture, brought through the person who's transmitting it, whatever. There's something there that needs to be drawn out or made specific to the situation. And so, but the Buddha doesn't say which are which among those. So I think built into the structure is that these teachings need to be alive in some ways, and yet there is an essence to them. That's what that's my interpretation of that sutta. So a great question. Yeah. 
And I would add, because it is such a rich question, and I think one that we've all given quite a bit of thought to, just how much for, I think it's safe to say, all Buddhist schools, almost all, I'll, I'll hedge my bets, um, the Pali Canon is sort of a bedrock of, of inspiration and sometimes very, very specific and nuanced um, uh, instruction and guidance. When we're given that initial instruction to sit down, cross our legs, close our eyes, bring our attention, our mindfulness to the fore, to the here and now of our experience, to bring attention to the breathing and thus the body. And the idea that there's something profound to be learned there, that maybe there's some freedom available there, that's in the opening um, passage of the Satipatthana Sutta. So there's this direct relationship. At the same time, I would just point to something that um, something that hasn't been mentioned yet, which is that there's this intertwined, these intertwined traditions, Bill. Um, there's the textual tradition, there's the commentarial tradition, and there's an oral tradition. And they're all interrelated. And over time, it's almost like a, a triple helix, where there's this constant sort of conversation between the Pali canon, if you will, um, the reflections upon the canon, and the instructions and practices that um, that have developed as ways to uh, practice. So that's my that's what I would add to the to the to the responses. So it's all there in the in the text, but it's been in, brought alive for uh, modern folks. Uh, we we bring it we bring it alive. We keep it alive. We're doing, <laughs> that. We're doing that here and now. Thank you all very much. Yeah, thank you, Bill. And I see Tanya had a hand up. Thank you, Ying. Yeah, my question is, um, I ended up um, getting a Samyutta Nikaya and started to look at um, that. And I actually am I'm, I'm curious why it's mostly Majjhima Nikaya is recommended and not this one. I found it very um, helpful to read a whole series of similes regarding a particular topic. I loved it. Um, but I'm also curious about what do I, you know, these are clearly taken, they're little snippets. So they're taken out of context. How should I really relate to them? What do I need to know about um, how they were collected? Um, those, yeah, that's, that, I think that says enough about my, my question. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. thank you, Tanya, uh, for uh, mentioning that. Um, yeah, so for me, for a long time, uh, when I was in a Chinese Sangha, we started with the Samyutta. We did not start with the, um, the uh, Matmanikaya and uh, Dika. So maybe I think it's uh, um, in different uh, teachers or different centers may teach this uh, differently. I think later on, um, bring in Majjhima having some contextualization of the teachings that were uh, really kind of allowed these teachings to be brought alive. Um, but I feel that this um, may have certain variations. And if you enter into um, the Pali Canon, maybe at certain times, just because the teacher had offered a series of uh, teachings, then uh, you ended up kind of entering in the middle of um, 
the Samyutta or Nikaya. And so it's a kind of a long spectrum uh, that may be happening. Um, uh, for me, um, Samyutta Nikaya are getting a sense of um, the core teachings through the categories of the teachings that have been very, very helpful. Um, and maybe this is something we're all exploring uh, in terms of um, how to enter and where to enter. And maybe this is different uh, from individuals as well as you engage with the text. Maybe uh, other teachers might want to say something. I can add one little comment. Um, just that I also very much appreciate the Samyutta for its nice um, categorical organization. My mind really likes that kind of thing. Um, and one time when I was going through it in a class, it occurred to me that when you read an entire Samyutta, you know, an entire chapter essentially on one topic, what you're getting is the, the equivalent of a tag cloud on the um, internet, you know, where they have the words that are the most often are bigger. And so you get a sense of, you know, what is the flavor of this term? And so, you know, the, the name of the Samyutta would be the big one in the middle. And then there's all these other things you realize, oh, when the Buddha teaches about, like I'm teaching um, currently on the Vedana Samyutta, and we see again and again that Vedana is taught through Anicca. You know, that's the uh, main connection, but it also goes with a bunch of other things. Uh, and if you read the whole Samyutta and kind of take it in as a whole, you realize, oh, when the Buddha taught about feeling tone, these were the other little threads that it connected to. And then if you read several of them, you start getting this really beautiful interconnected, you know, multifaceted view of how the teachings all are fit together. And for certain stages of practice, that is actually just what a person needs in order to go farther on the path. And then maybe I'll just piggyback a little bit on what Kim said. I don't want to take too much time. And maybe I'll say for those of you who don't know, the Samyutta, many of the suttas are one paragraph. That's it. The Majjama is often has a narrative arc. Somebody had a question, they went to the Buddha, they said this, the Buddha responded, and, you know, and there's some back and forth. So there are very different tones, but maybe to build on what Kim said about the Vedana, Samyutta Vedana, meaning feeling tone, there's a story in the Diga Nikaya, the long discourses, where Vedana is tied to um, dependent arising, conditioned arising, and then it gets tied to, it's, people um, fall into quarrels and fight because what starts with Vedana. So it puts it into a bigger context, how as practitioners we might apply to our daily lives. This is why sometimes if you don't really know Vedana, well, I don't know. There are just two different ways to deal with it, I'll say. Are there any cautionary notes about, um, because it is so decontextualized, right? Um, you know, is there any any good way to read those suttas um, or a, advised way to take them in? Um, I don't know. I, beyond what's been said, I'm just curious, um, given that a lot of times we talk about the historical, contextual sort of elements that um, are generating the responses. And this one doesn't seem to include that. Maybe I'll say that um, in my um, exploring these different texts, middle length uh, and the connected discourses, 
they're not exactly the same as much as I would expect them to be. So what's in the Majjhima isn't exactly what's in the Samyutta just fleshed out. There's like a different little bit of a tone. And then maybe I'll say one last thing about the Samyutta. Um, a little bit of what Kim pointed out is a tremendous amount of kind of repetition and patterns. And you see patterns like not only within Vedana, but the Vedana in particular um, it sets a pattern for uh, the subsequent connected discourses. They all have the same, you just uh, trans, just insert one different word. So it, it's a different feeling. Yeah, I think, yeah. I'll just say this and then pass it on to David uh, for um, helping us navigating I uh, worked for a long time uh, professionally as a data scientist. And one of the things that we realized that for certain people, when we're navigating a a large body of uh, information, sort of this way of categorizing tech clouds um, are really helpful for our mind to orient towards this whole set. Um, But that I recognize, you know, not all, all... people's mind work this way (laughs) and so maybe it's a self-discovery process as well in terms of how we connect to this and yeah so to david thank you thank you everyone for those great questions and colleagues for such such good answers um for the next we have about roughly half an hour to do some like looking around, kicking tires, uh, finding things and some questions uh, and answers. And I want to move at a pace that will sort of not be confounding uh, because really what we want to do with all of this is provide uh, easy access or um, sort of, I think we said at one point, open a door and, you know, and, and provide also a guiding hand. So I don't want to go so fast that it, um, it's, it's more confusing than, than useful. But yeah, what do we do if we're curious and we want to learn more or we want to go to a specific sutta? Somebody's mentioned, for example, the Satipatthana Sutta or somebody who appears more knowledgeable than us says MN10 or makes a reference to the Samyutta Nikaya and its structure. And I might add, I think there's sort of a master plan to the Samyutta Nikaya that emerges as you, as you work through it. It's a, it, it's a text in which as a whole, there's this sort of nuance that Bill talked about that in, in some ways is missing maybe in some of the other collections. At any rate, what if you wanted to explore the Samyutta Nikaya, having heard these words from, from Diana and Kim? Um, so here's, here's some ideas on how to begin. And I was probably asked to do this because I'm the least adept of the four of us, frankly. And uh, so I'm more maybe like you uh, in average. You know, I, I, just, uh, I just bump around and, and try to find things. I don't frequently know where I'm going. Um, so here's some basic guideposts. And those who have worked with me previously know I love to share Zoom I, I love to share screen in Zoom, I should say. And I'm really going to get a chance to get into that uh, here. I'm going to share a lot of screen and hopefully it'll all work. The first thing to sort of bring attention to is some of the ways that um, abbreviations are used. And we've heard it already. Somebody will say the Majima, or they'll say the Majima Nikaya, or they'll say MN, uh, and, or they'll say the middle length discourses. And it's just useful to know what people are referring to. 
there are, just to make our lives complicated, a couple different systems by which we refer to them. Um, and yet they've sort of fallen into a pattern. People talk, I'm just going to, because we've mentioned the Majjhima and the Samyutta, people talk about the middle length discourses, and you'll find that that is most typically abbreviated as MN for Majjhima Nikaya or SN for Samyutta Nikaya. In an older and still much used um, system, these are simplified further so that D, and there's no reason to keep repeating the N for the four major collections, of course. So they, uh, you'll see sometimes just D used for Diga Nikaya or M for Majima, S for Samyutta, etc. To make it, again, to, to keep our lives interesting, um, you'll find that within each collection, there's different ways of organizing the references. And I'm going to move my navigating tools out of the way so I can keep highlighting. For, for example, you'll see things like Diga Nikaya, DN 5.2. And yet in the alternate system, you'll frequently see something that just shows the name of the collection, in this case, Majima, the volume it's in, and the page. And this is a reference to the Pali language text produced by the Pali Text Society, 57 volumes. Um, and in some ways, this gives you a more accurate reference because it goes to a page number in some cases. And you can find, let me think how to proceed. Um, I'll go, I'm going to go in this, in this order. Um, by the way, this, this handy reference created, I think, by Kim will, will be shared with you in some form. These things we will, we will pass along to you should they be useful to you in finding things. Um, there are, fortunately for us, handy references out there on the internet where people have, um, people have provided, uh, I, I always say concordance. I don't even know exactly what a concordance is. But these look something like this, where if you see a reference to something like DN147, or let me go down to the Majjhima, since we talked about it a lot. We talked about the Satipatthana Sutta. If you see a reference... Uh, can't see anything, not, David. Yeah, we're not seeing your screen. All right. How's that? Better? Yes. Yeah, didn't know, don't know why that didn't work, but, you know, my love is still there for sharing screen. Uh, we've made reference many times to the Majjhima, uh, to the Satipatthana Sutta. And yet, if you see a reference to Majjhima Nikaya 10, you might know where you are. If you see a reference over here to MN1, page 55, the first volume of the Pali language version of the Majjhima Nikaya, page 55, you might know where you are, not know where you are. With this handy reference tool, you can see the correspondence. And in this case, and we'll again provide you this link, you can go to a Pali or an English version of, of the text. If you hang around with um, Kim, Ying, Diana, and myself for any period of time, you will see us flash these volumes in front of the screen. These are the Bhikkhu Bodhi translations of the Nikayas. In the case of the Majjhima, it's Bhikkhu Bodhi and Bhikkhu Nyanamoli's translation. Um, in the case of the Diga, it's Maurice Walsh's translation, all published by Wisdom. And these have a, a handy, very handy feature, which is that in them, and again, I'm going to share screen, so this is the, uh, just for reference, if I can find it. 
make sure you can see this. This is the title page of the, thank you. I'd appreciate that thumbs up, Diana. Yeah, that's useful. So this is the Majjhima Nikaya. And within it, because we've been talking about the Satipatthana Sutta, uh, let me see if I can find it. You'll find that Bhikkhu Bodhi does this very handy thing, thanks for the thumbs up, where he provides uh, his way of uh, organizing the text. So he, we might make a reference to Majjhima Nikaya 10, the Satipatthana Sutta. Um, let me see if I can uh, just give me one second. I'm going to get a big arrow here. You'll notice that up here in the top, he also gives the Polytext Society's edition, Majjima, the Majjima Nikaya Polytext uh, Society, um, Volume 1, page 59. In addition, and it's, it's a wonderful thing if these volumes can be made yours because they include, in addition to Bhikkhu Bodhi's amazing scholarship, um, very uh, detailed footnotes. And I just want to give you uh, uh, an example here. This is, I'm, I'm afraid, my marked up copy in which I, you can see my thumb this morning. But the notes to the Satipatthana Sutta include very detailed things, frequently making reference to the commentaries, but also to Bhikkhu Bodhi's word choices, competing word choices, and the like. And for example, here, I'm just, I'm just noticing, I'm, gonna, I'm not even going to try to draw a box around it. But he mentions, for example, this idea that the four satipatthanas may be understood as four ways of setting up mindfulness, right? Um, or four objective domains of mindfulness. So I just want to say that the Bhikkhu Bodhi volumes, the wisdom um, volumes are marvelous resources and um, in and of themselves provide a really great introduction to the text. Among them, I wasn't going to mention this, but there's a volume called In the Buddha's Words, which collects together Bhikkhu Bodhi's scholarship, wonderful introduction, and selections from all of the Nikayas that he's translated. And that can be a really wonderful way to get into things thematically. Um, it includes most of or many of the you know, classic texts to which people refer con constantly. So in the Buddha's words, which I'm sure we can um, provide as a reference to, to people. Just checking the time. So the next thing to do is to show you a little bit about Sutta Central. We, we highly recommend looking for texts in Sutta Central because it's come to be a wonderful repository of online resources related to the Pali Canon. And there's a couple ways to get there. And again, let me share a screen. Um, if I can. Yeah. Tell me if, uh, and can you see the Sutta Central site now? Okay, good. So I'm going to use the Satipatthana Sutta as an example because we've talked about it, but you might find, okay, I, people keep talking about the Satipatthana Sutta. They go on and on about it, or they talk about establishing mindfulness or the four foundations of mindfulness, right? And you want to be able to try to find this text. And I want to, I guess, start at the top and tell you that the search function in Sutta Central is of limited um, power. It, it must spell things correctly, put them in the order it wants it in. It's kind of an older-fashioned search engine. One of the quickest ways, and tell me if you can see this new tab coming up. Everybody got it? Yeah. So I can go in here, 
And I can misspell, this is just a Google search. I can misspell it. I can, I could probably misspell it much worse than that. I could say Sati Patan. I just hear people talking about this. Okay, I don't know how bad I can get off. Now that was too far out for, for even good old Google. Okay, Sati Patana Sutta. Point being, this provides a way to search that allows you to make mistakes. You've heard the term, you don't know what it means, um, or you don't know how to spell it, I should say. And if you scroll down for a while, you will find the Sutta Central version of this and, and uh, entry into it. I w- we would, I think, recommend doing this rather than going to any of the other things that pop up. Although, as we'll point out, there are some good ones here. Access to insight. Sati, the, the Sutta Central is a very good place to begin. And this is what, again, if Diana will give me a thumbs up, the homepage looks like. Sutta Central is a wonderful resource. Occasionally it freezes and I'm just telling you in advance, it may happen even right now. And uh, there are ways to to save yourself. If it happens, I'll show you what I've found out. And again, I'm going to move kind of quickly now, but hopefully uh, not too quickly. So um, there are are several ways to find something like the Satipatthana Sutta in here. If you want to go straight to the, um, the Nikayas, you can push on the basket of discourses, right? the Sutta Tipitika, or yeah, the Tipitika, the Sutta Pitika, I should say. And you may know that it's in the middle length discourses. Further, you may know that it's in the first 50 because it's number 10. And you can scroll down and find Majjhima Nikaya or MN10. Here it comes. Look away if you have motion sickness. When you get here, you'll find this amazing thing, which is that it's here in several translations. It's here in 26 other modern languages. There are 13 parallel texts. You can go very deep in this. And here is the root text from which these are translated. I'm just going to pick this Bhikkhu Sujata translation. um, And particularly because I want to show you a couple of features that come up with the Bhikkhu Sujata translation. It'll probably first appear like this. And um, you can, though, by going up here to views, ask to see it side by side with the poly. And just for reference, these are the these are the early phrases we heard chanted at the end of last class. This is the Satipatthana Sutta that we saw chanted. And I'm going to show you one further feature here, which is that if you click on a word, I'm just clicking on Vedana or a version of Vedana because Kim mentioned it. You can find, oh, Kim used this word Vedana. She didn't define it. And in this version, it allows you to select terms and see their definitions, which is super handy. This is true for most words. If if you can't find it, like there goes my coffee. Um, for example, this word, oh, this is here too. Sometimes a longer compound word won't be defined. And Okay, so probably enough about this. Let me see. The other thing I wanted to just point to was this. Say you don't know, you know, you, you want to explore more than you want to go to a specific text. You can go down 
further, and there are wonderful things here in Sutta Central, where to begin, what's here, how the poly, you know, much what we're doing here, this could be a refresher course, or we could have just pointed people here instead of having a two-day class, but this is so fun. At the bottom of this, there's two resources that I find really useful. Um, indexes, this is this is a useful thing, the Reader's Guide to Pali, um, to the Pali Suttas, but the indexes are marvelous. There are indexes to subjects, similes, names, and terminology. And for example, subject, hmm, subject, you go, well, this is all about mindfulness. I'm literally making this up as we go. I hope it works. Mindfulness should be in here somewhere, right? Key teaching. And as you'll see, there's other things here. Metta, well, yeah, heard of metta. What is that about? Um, maybe I would benefit. Mindfulness, it says, oh, see sati. Oh, yeah, I've heard this word sati. And then we get to the sati patana sutta, and here's another way back to Majjhima Nikaya 10. So I didn't need to know it was Majjhima 10 or anything about where it is. If I click here, I go right to the sutta and its translations. So I don't have to go through middle length discourses and know where I am. If you've heard, I'll get it just names. I mentioned the other day, and Ying made reference to it, the awakening poem of a character named Angulimala, right? And you could go, Wow, yeah, Angulimala. Hmm, hmm, hmm. I, I don't even know if it's here, friends. Uh, let's just see. It's got to be, right? I'm hoping, taking a deep breath. Anguli, come on. There he is, Angulimala. And I made a reference not to the discourse. I hear Diana's applause, even though it's silent. Thank you. But here's the, here's the verses that I, I chose to read from, from the, from the Tedigata. And I don't know if I use this translation, but somewhere in here. Yep, here are the phrases I used. And I've made my own little changes to get the gender straight. I said, a practitioner who was once heedless, but turned to heedfulness, lights up the world like the moon freed from a cloud. So I want to end in just a moment. Um, and I think I would do that by saying we have found over time that there are other reliable sources out there. We don't want to, you know, we're not getting paid anything by Sutta Central. In fact, they, they need all of our support. And there's, I think, a donate button somewhere. Um, but there are other good sources out there. And we will help you by providing a list of them. But Sutta Central and this ability to find your way by the index, I didn't, I didn't, because I ran out of time, click the one that said similes. But if you've heard of a, a famous simile, the simile of the raft, the simile of the arrows, right? Two arrows, first arrow and all those additional second arrows. You can go to that index of similes and choose arrow or raft or snake and find your way to the suttas that in which those similes are featured, which is another way to kind of look through it. At any rate, I hope that is useful uh, as a way of introduction. We've, I've left about 10 minutes for questions, maybe specifically about navigation. And if anything really tricky comes up, I'm going to pass it over <laughs> to Kim, Diana, and Ying. Um, but that's how I find my way through. And partially, I wanted to give you a sense of, yeah, you can just find your way around and um, you don't have to know anything about it. And as Ying pointed to, this is part of a practice. So. Um, if you find yourself thinking, I don't know anything, or I really need to know this, or, you know, everybody else seems to know a lot, and I don't know very much, or I really need to master this material, those can all be ways of bringing this exploration into your practice. As, as, as we notice how we engage with texts, how we engage with the internet, how we engage with search engines. Um, 
there's a very direct way to bring it into practice when you notice any sense of inadequacy or any sense of, on the other hand, pride and how you can go straight to Majin Nikayaten faster than David. Um, I'm just showing you this is how the lay practitioner does it. Okay. Questions, um, thoughts? I see Alex and Randy have hands up. Alex. Okay, um, so uh, when you were when you were talking about um, the references that exist in Bhikkhu Bodhi's translation of the Nikayas, um, it uh, well, I was wondering one thing, and that is, I have the uh, audio audio books, so I can listen to them, which is great uh, for being when I'm at work and everything. But um, you know, I'm just wondering, is is it, would it be useful for me to have the actual text, the books, in the, for for that? particular reason? I think I would say yes. Uh, my way of reading these books, and I think it's true of people who read them, is with two bookmarks for the sutta you're reading and the notes. Um, it's a whole, I mean, the notes are probably uh, actually, you know, the notes are about 500 pages. Uh, so the notes are very detailed and super, super useful for practice. Some of them are very much inside baseball. Uh, but, but most of them are very, very useful for understanding the teachings and applying them to practice. So yeah, highly recommended these books. If, if, you know, if you can get your hands on them. Uh, maybe I'll add just a little bit to kind of flesh out what we find in the notes, both just exactly what David pointed out, but also, um, earlier we were, uh, Bill asked this question, is it the polycanon or the commentaries or what is it that IMC relates to? And in the notes, Bika Bodhi will often say, well, here's what's in the suttas, and here's what's in the commentaries that are like, like about 800 years after the suttas, after the time of the Buddha. Well, here's what they had to say, which is often different or sometimes really fleshes things out. And also Bika Bodhi will say, yeah, this is like maybe like a just a reference to something. Go look at this other sutta that fleshes it out. And then I'll say the fourth thing that we find in the notes is it turns out that the polycan that's preserved in the Burmese tradition is sometimes a little bit different. That's what's in the Thai tradition, which is a little bit different, which in, in the Sri Lanka tradition. And sometimes they're just typos, but um, Bika Bodhi fleshes that out too. That's probably a lot easier to navigate through the books and just when you have the audiobook, you're kind of, it's much more difficult to do that. All right, thanks. Thank you for the question. I was just looking through the chat briefly to see what's come up there. Randy. Oh, unmute, please, Randy. Sorry. I have a technical question. Um, if you use uh, Judeo-Christian um, analysis of the Bible, the Old and New Testaments, there, on something like Bible Hub, there is a um, a tab that's called interlinear that will tell you the the um, translation of every term that is used in the text. So I'm wondering if that exists in uh, for the Pali Canon, or whether you just have to, um, as you were showing in Sutta Central click on the on the um on the poly word and then it comes up with definitions 
Yeah, am I unmuted? Where am I? Yeah, um, I I only know part of the answer to that question. I think it is incomplete at present. I think a lot of these these studies are still in their infancy compared to the studies, the kind of body of work and scholarship you refer to. And yet there are some that show you, and you can go word by word. But it's, they're not. They're, it doesn't make for a complete collection. And what's available at Suta Central is really, uh, I think, becoming sort of the, you know, the 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 most comprehensive sort of view we have of, of that kind of thing. Kim, you unmuted. Do you have additional thought there? Oh, did I? Okay. I, yeah. Um, I just wanted to say not on Suta Central and not complete. And I'll give a reference to this later when we talk about Pali, but this book by Bhikkhu Bodhi, reading the Buddha's discourses in Pali includes um, a sort of a triple reading. Uh, he'll say the Pali, and then he has a word-for-word definition, translation of it, which sounds very strange in English because the word order is different and so forth. And then he gives a natural English translation after that. So if you're really wanting to, um, and but of course there's only a few, you know, select suttas in here, but this is starting to um, become available through this new book, which was published last year. So just FYI. Maybe I'll just add, Sutra Central is fantastic. And it only kind of came into existence with this kind of fullness, maybe in the past three years, two years. So it's really new. We're like, you know, Buddhist studies, polycanon studies are just in their infancy in this way. So I think we have time for the two remaining questions. We'll see because we want to, um, at 9.15, move to uh, another aspect of the study. But Carlota, we'll see if we can get quick answers. This is going to be a quick answer because it's just a reflection of how ignorant I am on the topic. So, so David, you mentioned something about the snake and the rat, and I didn't understand that part. Yeah, yeah. Um, so real quickly, let me see here if it's still up. If um, I think I can do this quickly. Yeah, if you go to uh, uh, if you go here to the simile uh, subject, you could choose, for example, I'm just going to go to R for raft. Um, and it will tell you the suttas in which this famous um, simile or metaphor uh, is used. And we taught a class in the spring where we focused on it in Majjhima Nikaya 22. So that's what I was referring to. Um, and there, we use the word simile, but metaphor um, is, is maybe a more helpful word. Yeah. Thanks. Appreciate it. Easy. That was a, easily resolved. And Lori. Um, this is very quick. You guys have mentioned the um, in the Buddha's words a couple of times and and the value of reading all the footnotes. I also wanted to mention that Bhikkhu Bodhi's introductions to each of these volumes are brilliant, and they're like a course in themselves, and I would not skip over the introductions. I'm so glad you said that because I probably did skip over them. But yeah, I mean, I, I think somebody shared last time, one of my esteemed colleagues, that they received uh, their book. I think Diana held it up and said, I got this from Kim. Uh, you, Some of you know I received this from a close shared Dharma friend from all of us, just arrived from Amazon one day. I was like, what the? And, uh, you know, the first thing I read was the introduction. And it, it was pretty much life-changing. I mean, it provided a way to seat a long-established meditation practice in the Buddha Dharma, gave it a purpose in a sense. And uh, so the introductions alone are just 
you know, worth the, worth the, worth the, the price of entry. And each volume has a different introduction. They introduce the volume and they also are sort of consecutive. They, they, in a way, make improvements on the previous introduction. So you have to read them all. Um, so even in probably what is everybody's least favorite Nikaya, the Anguttara Nikaya, the one that goes by number, uh, even that introduction is wonderful and it's, it's quite recent. So yes, thank you, Lori. And now, uh, right on time to Diana. Thank you, David. Wow, I feel excited. Like, wow, I want to go click on Sutta Central and check this out. But um, maybe we, we should have, like, the next time we teach this, let's have the Sutra Central, like, right before a break or something like this. Uh, hmm. So let's just take a breath for a moment and kind of arrive here. We're going to shift gears. We're going to shift pace. And so here we talk, David talked about how to find suttas. I'm going to say a little bit about how do we, once you found them, how do you engage with them? How do you make them part of practice? How do they enrich your life and come alive or not? So I'll say a few words first. and. That um, the obvious way we can engage with suttas is like, mm, I don't like that one. Oh, I do like this one. That's perfectly natural. It's a human experience. We have preferences. But I would like to suggest that we are shortchanging ourselves if we just leave with this, I like it, I don't like it. But instead to um, engage with them in a way that, okay, what, what can be here what, what might be helpful and so i'll say that often when we don't like things we tend to be dismissive but it might be that we learn the most or what's most helpful from what we don't like because that's pointing to well what uh underlying beliefs do we have that maybe this we don't like it because it's uh not uh, congruent with what we think the buddha dharma should be about or how we think the Buddha should be or, or the tone of the teachings or something like this. Or we might, um, if we don't like it, we might also just notice um, that we have some tender spots in our, in our life, in our understanding of the Buddha or something like this. So instead, what we might do is ask ourselves kind of this question, well, how does this fit in with what I already know? Maybe, maybe it's just a different phrasing, a different angle into something we already know. Like, oh, this is like the Four Noble Truths. It's pointing towards clinging and suffering. So maybe it just fleshes out something we already know, but using different language, different um, examples, maybe similes. So how does it fit in with what I already know? How does it fit in with my experience? Like, hmm, I really don't know what they're pointing to here. Maybe other people have this experience. I haven't had this experience yet. Or maybe, oh, yeah, I do see things differently after I've meditated. Or 
things often see more clearly or when there's a settling of the mind and maybe I haven't seen this but maybe there's some more settling of the mind that's possible so how does it fit in what is supportive about this we might um, and maybe some of these passages are pointing to things that we haven't considered before like Generosity is really foundational to Buddhist practice, tends not to get as much talk in, um, and when we hear just Dharma talks, partly because Dharma teachers feel maybe a little bit hesitant to talk about generosity when we're built on, most often, very often, built on the generosity system, dana for people, then kind of Dharma teachers sometimes feel awkward talking about generosity. But when we read the suttas, we start to see, oh, generosity is showing up all over the place as a foundational practice. So what is supportive? Maybe it's pointing towards something we hadn't really seen, or maybe our Dharma teachers that we hear about don't talk to talk about as much. Another example is jhana, some of these meditative uh, experiences. Dharma teachers don't usually talk about that in Dharma talks. They might on retreat, but so there's a little bit difference. And maybe for us to ask, what is challenging about this practice? Maybe I'll just say a few words here. Um, the suttas are androcentric. That for the most part, they're preserved by men and are addressed to men. And for the most part, there's masculine pronouns. So Dharma teachers are often kind of changing it uh, to make it more gender neutral. We'll also say... The earliest texts that are attributed to women are in this collection. They are beautiful. It's amazing. It's women talking about the difficulties of childbirth, the difficulties of being a wife, the difficulties of when your child dies. So some of these uniquely feminine um, aspects of life are also in there. As well as the Buddha just flat out says, of course women can become perfectly awakened. So there isn't a a sense that women aren't capable. It's just the nature of these texts being preserved that we have today have been preserved by men. So maybe we find something challenging in it. Maybe it's something like this. Or maybe there's a tone that we don't like that feels not quite uh, our understanding. One last thing I'll say about this, and then I'm going to um, we'll share some... Um, passages is to recognize that translation is an art and it's also an interpretation how can it not be especially with Pali, which has such a different syntax the way the grammar is and i'll point to this a little bit is so different than how english is so how to interpret it how to understand it um, it's impossible for the translator's hand, so to speak, to not kind of show through. And we can see this when, if you were to read a whole bunch of translations by one translator, and then you read the exact same, a whole bunch by a different translator, you, you walk away with a little bit different feel. Like, oh, one translator tends to emphasize kind of maybe effort making, and maybe another translator types to emphasize um, the importance of understanding clearly you know something like these are subtle things that often you can't tell until you read a whole bunch from one translator versus another
Okay, so with that, I would like to suggest that we just take a moment and um, maybe get settled and close our eyes. And I'm going to read this one verse by three different translators. And, and we'll feel our way into it. And maybe um, this idea of getting, getting beyond what I like, what I don't like, that's maybe our first stance. But to get beyond that, how does it fit in with what I already know? What is supportive about this passage? What is challenging about it? Okay, and I will share my screen after this. So first, I want it to just to be um, how we hear it, and then we'll do how, um, then we'll talk a little bit more about the specific words. Okay, so take just a moment to get settled. Maybe feeling connected to the chair or cushion or whatever it is we're sitting on. Taking a few breaths. Here's the first translation. From meditation springs wisdom. Without meditation, wisdom ends. Knowing these two paths to progress and decline, you should conduct yourself so that wisdom grows. Here's a second translation. From striving comes wisdom. From not, wisdom's end. Knowing these two courses to development and decline, conduct yourself so that wisdom will grow. Here's a third translation. Wisdom arises from spiritual practice. Without practice, it decays. Knowing this two-way path for gain and loss, conduct yourself so that wisdom grows. Okay, so now I'm going to share my screen so that we can look at it, and I'll say just a few words about this. So this is from um, Dhammapada 282. David, can you give me a thumbs up that whether you can see this? Yeah, great, thank you. So translator A is saying, from meditation springs wisdom. Translator B, from striving comes wisdom. Translator C, wisdom arises from spiritual practice. Here's the Pali. We have this word yoga. When there's a long A, is ah, as opposed to a short A, is uh. So yoga. What's interesting, so 
you know, how they chose to translate this word. And you'll see in the next line is a yoga. So it's just the negative of whatever yoga was. We don't use this so much in English where we, I mean, we do, but not as much as we see it in Pali. So here they're saying from meditation, without meditation. Um, they're using the word without, um, from striving, from not maybe. But also something else, we see this here, um, bhavaya, vi bhavaya. So however you translate bhavaya, this translator says pro progress, and then vi bhavaya, they're saying decline. Here they're saying development and decline. Translator C is doing gain and loss. So you know how they choose to do it. Maybe one last thing I'll point out here. This word bury is um, being translated as wisdom. We also see bury here in this compound word, bury sankayo. And then we see it again down here. Sometimes it's tricky to figure out these compound words, the relationship between the two words. This is like the bane of all Pali uh, translators. It's like, how do we work with these compound words? What's the relationship between them? Is this a list of two things? Is it the sankayo of the bury? Is it sankayo after the bury? You know, you have to uh, figure these out. So um, maybe I'll reveal now who these translators are. Um, translator A is Sujato, translator B is Tanisaro, and translator C is Franstal. These are three uh, translators alive today, uh, actively translating today, and they just have a little bit different uh, feeling. We can send this um, out to you guys uh, as a handout so you don't have to take notes of this, but I just wanted to point out, um, you know, that the translators themselves, of course, have a little bit of a, not a little bit, they have a lot of a influence. And the Dhammapada, which is a book that's inside the Kudaka Nikaya, which is the fifth uh, book, that is the most translated of any Buddha's text. There's maybe 30 different, I don't know, 20, 30 different translations. So if you wanted to, you could drive yourself a little crazy and compare them all. But <laughs> so um, that, I took a little more time than I was expecting. I want us to be able to take a break. But um, does somebody have a comment or a question? Yes, uh, Fred. <clears throat> yeah, I, I find comparing different translations, uh, different translators to, to flush out and fill out uh, the meanings in such a wonderful way um, that it's just not there when you read one one translator. Thank uh, so you. I just wanted to say how valuable that's been for me. Yeah, yeah. And maybe I'll insert David went through Sutta Central with us. That has all of Bhikkhu Sujato's translations. It has a few of Bhikkhu Bodhi's translations. So you need to have the book for Bhikkhu Bodhi's translations. And Tanisaro Bhikkhu, his, some very few of them are in Sutra Central. You have to go to another website to get those. So maybe someday Sutra Central will have everybody's translations in one place. But um, just a heads up about that. Different translators are in different places. Do, do any of my co-teachers have something they'd like to say? Okay. So uh, Marianne. So I think it was uh, it was a good 
very helpful to hear that um, not to trigger off a word, like for example, striving in the second one would have maybe turned me off a little bit, but to just look for what, well, what does that mean? And not let the translation really take the meaning away. And then I have a really super um, um, uninformed question is what are, what are the commentaries that were being referred to? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I'll just say briefly, these were um, composed about 800 years after the time of the Buddha. And um, there's two types of commentaries. There's like a commentary specifically for the Majjhima Nikaya, where it goes through every single word in this really dry way and defines it. That has not been translated into English. So the commentary to each of the four Nikayas, the Samyutta, then Gudara, the Diga, Majjhima, huge books not translated into English yet. And then there's a different type of commentary, which is more like a treatise of how to practice and that is the Vasudhimaga, which means path of purification that has been translated into English. It's freely available on the web. And that is uh, attributed to Buddha Gosha and it's um, how to practice. But um, there's a lot in the Vasudhimaga that is not in the suttas. There's a lot. And so that's why there's um, some kind of threads, lineages of Buddhism that tend to um, be a little bit, we're going to focus more on the Pali canon. And then there's some that tend to focus more on the Vasudhimaga that is you know, about 800 years later um, saying, well, they, there are some real strengths there or something like this. So thank you. That's an excellent question, Marianne, actually. Should we take the briefest of breaks, maybe just standing up and stretching um, and come back in about three minutes? Till that.